The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. We are breaking down round three of the Memorial. Absolute carnage out there and a big dog at the top of the leaderboard. Let's break it all down. Joining me this evening is Kyle Porter. What up, KP? Not much. Saturday, this tournament's been a blast, man. It has been awesome. It's felt like a major. It's played like a major. And Sunday's set up kind of like a major would be. So I'm, I'm fired up for it. You know, it's moving day on Saturday, but they don't specify in what direction that should be going. Uh, Mark Immelman on the scene. How happy are you to be back in air conditioning, my friend? I'm over the moon. I'm just missing a glass of wine. i got to tell you, Carl, are you enjoying this? It has been grisly, man. I, I am so exhausted, and I was carrying a microphone. I mean, it's such hard work, and what people don't mention very much is that Muirfield Village is like Augusta National in many respects. There are some hectic walks around there, like up number 10, for argument's sake, and up number 15. I mean, these things are sharply uphill, and with the heat we had, with the wind we had, with the firm underfoot conditions we had, it was a taxing place, I'll tell you what. And uh, I'm convinced that a number of golfers who played today are probably doing what I am and just chilling out in the air conditioning for a while. I certainly believe that. Before we jump into this quick reminder, we are on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my secret hand, there you go, hand signals. We won't give it away. Got to be on YouTube to see what we're doing. Um, <laughs> third round of the Memorial. Oh, my goodness. Mark, we'll just start with you because, I mean, the carnage there, uh, unbelievable. Uh, zero bogey free rounds, two rounds in the 60s. Uh, we were on HQ earlier, and we saw Tiger post – one under and we were like that's going to get way better throughout the day uh and it did i mean just just talk us through it looks on tv like you can see how hard and how fast it is on tv what's it like up close i'm going to make one of those statements that might not age very well but i'll tell you this much i was fortunate to watch john ron play golf for about what's that 12 13 holes today and it was comfortably one of the best displays of golf i've seen in a long long time yeah. Yeah. And he only shot 68. I mean, the guy had it all going on. But but just to the golf course, some of the numbers were astounding. I, I saw last week the field average through three rounds was like 72.03. And the field was collectively 13 over. I see the average now, or the, the field is 522 over par or something. It's amazing how they flipped the script on this golf course. Um, in terms of how it played, the greens were obviously firm. That was easy to see. But to me, the real challenge was... There was just enough wind and it was in and out just enough to keep you on the back foot and you couldn't really play offense because the only way you were going to get off to this golf course is if you could somehow putt uphill, which was very hard to do. So with the wind moving around, 
all you got to do is just get one that hits the wrong side of the fairway going fast because those fairways were rolling like some greens that people watching this would never putt on. These things were fast and they were firm. So you'd quickly hit a tee shot that would end in the rough. And from there, it's a professional guess. And then you hit one that gets on the wrong side of a hole. Then you're putting at 13 and a half degree, uh, uh, 13 and a half feet in the stump meter with wind <laughs> and greens burning out. It was, it was some sort of test, almost, I would say, more mentally and emotionally than what it was physically. Well, if it was a test, John Rahm passed with flying colors. He goes out. He's got a four-shot lead heading into Sunday KP. To, to Mark's point, uh, John Rahm said this might have been one of the best rounds of golf I, I've ever played. It, in, it included a stretch of, of four birdies in a row from 13 to 16. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I think the thing that you and I were on a little bit uh, on – I think it was on Friday we talked about it – is just his ball striking this week's been, I mean, it's been sick. Like it's been awesome. And clearly something clicked last Sunday, right? With that 64 at, at the word day charity open because he's just carried. And I mean, Mark said it like he, he hadn't even really putted. I mean, he's hit a couple putts. He's not putting badly for sure, but he just from T to green. And I think the thing that, Whenever we talk about him, we always talk about the length, and and, and we should. He's really long, and, and he's really good off the tee and stuff. But his wedge play, when it's on, it is it is phenomenal. It is so, so much fun to watch. And I think, you know, talking about the course, there's – one of the themes of the last month has been, okay, we get to Sunday, there's like 40 guys within four shots, right? Yeah. And this week, there is, what, six guys within seven shots? And, and that, to me, uh, Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg is always talking about how major championship courses, sep- like, like there's more separation on the leaderboard. It's more spread out. And that's because there's so much risk-reward. And we saw that. And we saw, I mean, Rom just take on hole after hole after hole. And you got to hit golf shots. I mean, it just separates the guys that are hitting great golf shots. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> I've said this Four weeks in a row, it's difficult for me to see John Rom giving up a four-stroke lead <laughs> yeah. on Sunday. And you'd, you'd be over, you'd be over three. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I want to add to that. I'm glad you referenced the wedge play because statistically, I'm assuming the numbers are good. I haven't got to have a look. But the one thing that I always measure a ball striker against is the ability to move trajectory, not left and right, but up and down. Yeah, because there were certain holes today that you had to go in a little flatter, and there were certain holes you'd have to go in a little higher. And John did this a number of times with wedges in hand, like that little wedge he clipped into fourteen. That was just so dynamic. I mean, mm-hmm. crosswinds. He's fizzed a little wedge in there, little two finger action, little lower flighted one jump, skip, spin, and, and that shows a guy who's just got full confidence in not only the numbers he's getting but the golf swing and the fact that he can deliver the appropriate trajectory to get the thing to end at that number. Because Frank Nobolo made a great point. He goes, the flag in this instance is not, is the destination. It's not the target because your target sometimes is way removed from where the, where the flag is cut because you hit it to a spot have it curve around some fast green to where the hole is or where the putt is that you've got to putt from. And, and John, John was not only hitting the ball accurately, he was moving these trajectories and hitting the thing flush all day long because a number of the shots I'd see, he was able to hold wind. Like on 10, I set it up, and 10's uphill, turning left, wind out of the left, fairway that tilts to the right, big bunker down the left. 
don't hit it in there. I set it up by going, this guy likes to fade it. His start line is going to be massively important with a left to right wind. He's got up there with three wood and turned a draw up against the wind, just absolutely perfect. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it better. So he had it all going on today, and I'm keen to see if he can carry this over to tomorrow. Well, if he does close it out tomorrow, he can become the number one player in the world, Kyle. Here are the scenarios. He wins, and Rory McIlroy finishes outside of a two-way second, uh, which Rory is six shots off second at the moment. He's in T12. Or uh, John Rob can actually get there with a solo second as long as Rory finishes outside the top 30. Now, that might not happen, but a win does it uh, in almost all scenarios for John Rom to become the number one player in the world. Yeah, it does. He'd be the uh, second Spaniard, 10th European, and 24th player ever I think to to get to world number one it feels like he's already been there I don't know why um maybe it's because we talk about it all the time but uh that's a big deal it's not you know it's not nothing he is playing like a number one type player in the world I think it's interesting he he's won he's won a lot he hasn't won on the PGA tour maybe as much as people think I think he only has three tour wins and yeah. one of them is a uh is, is a bummer yeah, is was the Zurich. Uh, he did win Tory, which was big, and then his other one was uh, Desert Desert Classic. There you go. It's had like eight or, names. Yeah, since whatever he won it is it. now, American Express. I think he won it when it was like the Humana. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, I, I th- this would be I think the the biggest win of his career. He's obviously won a ton on the European Tour, which is a big deal, uh, especially the tournaments that he's won in the European Tour, Irish Open. Uh, he's won in Dubai. He wins all over the world. I mean, he he's so. And, and I love that Mark pointed this out, like his, his flight, like his trajectories and his, the way he can control the ball. It's not, it's obviously not as good as tiger, but it's tiger. Like in terms of when he's on, you just feel like he can, he can move it wherever he wants it. And, and, and it's, it's so much fun to watch. And again, he hadn't putted. He's like 31st in putting so far. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. It should be a really fun Sunday. There's no doubt he has the physical chops of a world's number one. Um, the thing to me, let's say he pulls this victory off. That is just the icing of the cake to, on the cake to go to world's number one, winning at Jack's place because it's such a special event. It's a tier above the rest. And for Ram, who everyone's grading him and he's sort of getting that moniker is like, okay, when's Ram going to show up in a major championship? He is proving to us that not only has he got the physical gifts, but today he proved to me that he would be able to withstand a major championship onslaught because today it was a gr- it was just an outright grind. This place was just absolutely beating you up from side to side and not once did he let the conditions or did he succumb to the conditions. He was very chilled out there. I mean, there were a few times he'd walk past me and have a quick chat and stuff like that. So it was amazing to me, ordinarily a guy whose fire burns like super bright. He, it's, it's like he had this piece about him that he knew, I've got this load under control. And, and that showed me something. That, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually what I was going to bring up or, or even ask you about. And, and I, don't, I don't get wound up about the, oh, John, you know, John Rob's freaking out. Like, I, I don't care. Like, if you want to go cuss or whatever, like, that, that's your deal. That's fine. Where, where I get wound up is like, oh, did it affect you for the next three holes, right? Did it, did it cause you to, to make three or four bogeys in a row? And I think that there's going to be a moment on Sunday where 
he makes a bogey, he makes a double, and things are kind of hanging in the balance a little bit. And and to me, the way you win a tournament like this, how do you recover from that? We see it, we see this at majors all the time. This is a this is a major. Like for all intents and purposes, the course, the field, you can call it whatever you want. It's a major championship. And I just I think there's going to be a moment on Sunday where it's like, okay, is is he going to snap? Is he going to bounce back? How's he going to handle it? And I agree with Mark. I think he's handled everything really well so far. Um, but I'm fascinated to see how it goes on Sunday. Rick, I want to add something, and I hope I'm not stealing your 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 quip here. But the thing for Ram is now it's just becoming survival. And the truth of it is, the way the conditions are forecast to be tomorrow, I can't see anyone making a massive run. So essentially, he's got to go out there and beat what, like seven guys? What was the number you said, Carl? Seven guys? There's seven guys within six, yeah. Yeah, so so really, he's just got to go and do the right thing for 18 holes, which he showed us he could do today. The Today's round, for a, ordinarily, aggression is part of his lexicon. Today, this guy looked like Tiger Woods. He was defensive off tees. He did flat balls to the right side of the target. He, there were very few flags that he went and attacked. He was always playing to the smart side of the, the whole location, and and it was it was like it was a nod to Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods the way he played. It was really something special. Uh, although there was a moment on Saturday where Tony Finau had a three shot lead, and we're thinking, oh man, this is this is it. Tony's going to do it. Uh, then he doubles number twelve. He doubles seventeen. Kyle he tried to take on fourteen, which I appreciated. Tried to drive it. Mr. Little Wright found a watery grave. Uh, he ends up carding a one over 73. What did you see from Tony Finau on Saturday? I, I felt a little disappointed. You know how Greg gets with uh, with Ricky? <laughs> He's yeah. just, he just gets all like down in the dumps and just like, like, like sometimes I'm like, is, is Greg related to Ricky? Or like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, that's a little bit, I, I just, and, and, and I often feel like, I often feel this way about Ricky and there are some other guys that I feel it about. It didn't feel like he was sensing the moment you're up three with like 27 holes left. There there's a time in a tournament where it's like, okay, you can, you can kind of kind of put the hammer down a little bit. And the, the, the shot on 14, it just felt like it felt kind of lackadaisical. And, and even the one into uh, where did he double seven? Was it 17 that he doubled? Yes. That one too. You're just, he's just kind of like rolling around and kind of hacking it out and, and not, I'm not saying he's not trying. I I don't, I think he is like giving great effort out there, but I just, it didn't seem like he was like locked in to, to like what the moment, it was a huge moment to what the moment called for. And he he set himself up well in the front nine to only shoot 73, but uh, man, he, I thought he had a real opportunity there on the back and he kind of just, frittered it away a little bit couple of observations when he rattles in that putt on 10 i'm like whoa this stuff happens when it's your week okay and then he whips it onto 11 makes birdie i'm like this is one-way traffic now yeah yeah now now 12 i gotta tell you i'm nervous standing on that t and i'm holding a microphone that that hole is just downright diabolical and and i can understand a mistake there but to compare to, to, to compound an error when you've missed the, fair, the, the green left. That was a cardinal sin. And then I, I question the driver of 14. Now, I respect Tony highly. I respect all of these guys. He, he actually he hit three wood. Well, well the te- I respect, I, I, I question going for the green. Okay, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Because where that hole was cut, 
look, the safety is out to the left-hand side, right? And if you hit in the bunker, you're cooked. There's no chance you're getting the thing up and down. In fact, you would do well to keep it on the green. Now, I understand the argument from a bunch of folks who will go after me and go, well, if you hit it in the water, you get to drop, you chip it up, then you make a par. But to me, it almost got, I got the sense, and I'm taking a step back now because I'd watched some of the coverage from the first two rounds. The guy had been sublime with his wedge game. He did so many wedges inside of five, 10 feet the whole, the whole time. He was absolutely making mincemeat of some of these holes. But then you're almost forcing the issue by going after that thing. I, I think the timing of trying to hit that tee shot was perhaps just, I think you're pulling the trigger there way too fast. There's still a whole bunch of golf left. You put it in the fairway, you're going to wedge in there, you're going to birdie putts. I, I think you didn't need to force the issue on 14 on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I thought it felt a little desperate. Uh, I thought it was like, let me try to get all these shots back right now uh, and, and hit a good one, KP. Well, he, he did. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter. It might have been uh, Eric Patterson, friend of the program. But he's gone for it every day. And so he, and this was, I think, the closest tee box uh, so far this week. So it, it, it's I, – I don't know. I don't know that I minded him going for it. If that's your strategy, that's your strategy. But – it, 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 I don't, again, like, and I'm probably reading too much into this. It, it just felt like he like stepped up there and maybe this is kind of the point you're making. Well, like he stepped up there. Like it was like Thursday morning, just kind of took a hack and it was like, Oh, I hit it. Well, yeah, the whole thing was kind of weird. Like just to, to watch the way that it played out. Okay, maybe I have the benefits of a beep have being, have having been out there and, and watching what was going on. If he's gone after that green every other day, I got no beef. This golf yeah. course today was nothing like it was the first <laughs> couple of rounds. Um, it, the, the winds were blowing in the first two rounds, but this thing underfoot today, it was like an ice skating rink in place, man. And, and golf balls roll down hills. I'll tell you that that's one thing for sure. And everything on that all goes down towards the water hazard there. So again, I, I think it was a questionable, questionable play for someone who's in contention. It's a good point. It'll be a very comfortable final pairing on Sunday for John Rahm, who is going to uh, tee it up with Ryan Palmer, his partner from the 2019 Zurich classic uh, victory. Uh, Ryan Palmer ends up shooting one over 73 KP uh, just never really got it going. Uh, lost a lot of strokes on the greens. His actually his approach game, his approach game was pretty well. I thought he looked uncomfortable. Uh, he backed off a lot of shots. I don't know if that was wind related or just trying to figure it out and wait it out or if he was just not not comfortable out there well i mean when you've won what has he won twice three times on tour and you're leading a major for again for all intents and purposes probably it's probably pretty uncomfortable <laughs> i, I yeah. mean i i agree with that i i thought he i actually thought that he hit a couple of shots there was one on the front nine i think it was on I don't know, five or six or something like that, where he, his ball was like on the edge of the rough. It was like between the first cut and the second cut. And you should play that speed clip right now. The first cut and the second cut. Blow the Freaking hole. first cut. Golly. Yeah. yeah Ryan, Ryan. Oh yeah. Speed <laughs> timestamp that uh, Palmer, Palmer needed it in the freaking first cut instead of the second cut. But he hooked this like five iron up, like, like in like up the shoot into the green and you're like, man, that is, that's, that's real. That's a really good shot. I, I've, I've been impressed with his ball striking. I think that his, sh I, I haven't looked at his numbers, but it felt like his short game was a little, a little dicier on Saturday. Um, 
And it's just, it's hard, man. It's hard to hold off John Rahm and Tony Finau and all these guys that you've got coming up behind you. 73 was a better than field average score, which is, you know, if you're Ryan Palmer, it's pretty good going into the, into Sunday. I appreciate you bringing that up because the way I see it, what, uh, but there were, there were fewer than 25 guys who broke par today, right? So it's oh, yeah. something like that. And, and, we, and how many players made the cut? Was it 70 something? So, so, so a very small percentage of the field broke par and through 15 holes, let's not forget Ryan Palmer was one under. Yeah. He might've been missing putts and stuff like that, but he was doing everything he needed to do. Now, if you managed to scrap that thing in and shoot 71 today, that's a heck of a round. So you see, I'm prepared. So I'm prepared personally to look upon this in, in a little more looser vein or perhaps less critically, because again, these conditions were on the very edge and you were playing on the knife edge the entire day. And for someone whose putting was a little suspect coming in here, the conditions were going to expose you. I don't care how good your putting stroke is. Everyone was going to miss their share. And then the problem is with greens playing so fast, that starts to accentuate reads even more. And all of a sudden a read that was on the top edge on Thursday morning. Now this thing is a ball outside the right edge and you're leaking a bit of confidence and you've got to start a ball outside the hole. That's a hard place to be mentally. And so I think for Palmer, it was a place where, yeah, he'll be disappointed bogeying two of the last three, but those three holes were beasts. But I think if he really had to sit down and go, you know, pretty well, that was a job well done. And I'm still very much in the mix over here. And I'm playing alongside the guy who's got the lead. That's a great place to be because you just, you know exactly where the goal is because let's agree. I mean, I'm going to go with Kyle, but if you stay in front of John Rahm, you're likely to win this thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so, so Ryan Palmer's got Rahm in his sights. He didn't finish off so well, but for a lot of the day, despite what the statistics say, I thought he played major championship golf very soundly. Well, he did because he was uh, second in terms of strokes gained on approach shots, which is kind of what I was getting at a little bit earlier. And he was 71st, 72nd, 72nd out of 74 guys in putting, which is kind of what you mentioned, uh, kind of what you were talking about earlier, Mark. So, yeah, it, in terms of striking it, he is playing major championship like golf. He's second in the field from Tita Green behind Rom. Uh, it's fitting that the, the first two guys in that stat are in the final group or in the final pairing on Sunday, but. Yeah, his short game just didn't it didn't live up to to what he needed it to be to um you know to shoot something under par. I just I just want to throw this out there for a second and let you guys debate this. That putt that John Rahm makes on 16, that was that was sick. The, that was off the charts, man. But yeah. that hit the hole at a rate of nuts. That sucker misses and it's 10 feet by the hole there. And all of a sudden he's not making two, he's probably making four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you see, that was the kind of day that Ram had going on. He was doing everything right and stuff was happening for him. Where Palmer was doing a lot of things right, but things weren't really happening for him. So you see, I mean, that's where we currently sit right now. Just that putt catching the edge and rattling around and going down like that. That very putt there may be the difference in the end. And there was some fortune involved. There were uh, seven birdies on 16 all day, by the way. (laughs) I count, I count 20 rounds under par on Saturday, looking forward to seeing what Sunday brings and CBS coverage of Sunday's final round begins later. 
3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Don't forget about that. And we have multiple ways for you to watch. Mobile, of course, you can do it via the CBS Sports app on your computer. Oh, absolutely. Just go to cbssports.com. You can also get access through CBS All Access on OTT devices, your Google Chrome, your Apple TV, your Roku. So there is no excuse to miss the coverage this weekend and watch Tony Finau attempt to break the Puerto Rico open curse. We're going to talk about the big cat on the other side. We'll be right back. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. Tiger Woods goes out early. Gentlemen shoots a one under 71. It got better and better as the day went on. Mark, uh, we've kind of been looking at this from two angles for Tiger. It's what is what does his play look like and what does his body look like? And at least from what we could see on Saturday on the telecast, I at least thought he was a little bit more aggressive with his swings. I thought his angles of attack to look, looked a little bit better. But what did you think of Tiger on Saturday? Well, first off, I mean, I love the interview with Todd Lewis, who's one of the best interviewers in the game. And and Tiger was vintage Tiger, where Todd opens up with, well, Tiger, that was a good day. It looked like you were feeling a bit better with yourself. And he goes, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just sort of hang there for a little while. So, so, so that was all Tiger. So Tiger's back, according to me. You know, that, that's, that's what Tiger's like with the scrum, oftentimes. Um, but, you know, the little bit I saw this morning, I watched on PGA Tour Live, he, he looked good to me, uh, but I, I said that after Thursday. And then every, a bunch of folks came after me and said, well, his back's bad. I'm like, look. After Thursday? Yeah. People said that? Mm, no. They're, they're like, he's, he was battling with a bad back on Tuesday. Well, that's when huh. it started, And then it proliferated on Friday. But anyway, so here's the thing. And then a bunch of people are sending me video, pictures with, with screenshots of his, his club head speed off the tee. And they're saying, well, he's only swinging at 113 mile an hour. I'm like, listen, fools. You don't. Here we I, go. Yeah, I can swing at 105 over there and hit this thing 290 down the fairway because they're playing so fast. And Tiger, <laughs> that's a good point. And Tiger is the ultimate tactician. This dude whipped how many folks back in 2000, whatever it was, with a two iron off the tee. He's no fool. 
Anyway, so perhaps he with the back was a bit tender and he wasn't swinging as free and he was hanging some balls out the right-hand side. That sort of stuff happens. But today he looked good, uh, just like he looked on Thursday. And and I think the swing is, is, is uninterrupted. It's unencumbered. He's going to battle a tender back for the rest of his days. Um, but people got to understand that Tiger Woods plays a different game now. He's not going to be doing Bryson off the tee. He's certainly not going to, he's not even going to be doing John Rahm off the tee. He can catch it once in a while up there with them, but it's not going to be a constant. And what I saw was a Tiger Woods sort of Tiger Woodsing his game his, himself around the golf course in spots. I need uh, I need Mark after two glasses of wine talking cat. Jesus. <laughs> this is good stuff. This is the this is awesome. Think about it. I mean, why are folks getting so bent out of shape that his club head speed off the tee is 116? So here's the thing. Here, here's here's my thing on Tiger right now. I think that the most interesting version of Tiger is the Tiger who swings at 115, who um can't keep up with Bryson and Rom and, and Rory and all those guys who's 46 years old, but is the smartest player out there and whose iron game and wedge game, which has been really good this week mm-hmm. is, is lights out. I think that's the most interesting version of all the, t- of all the like iterations that we've gotten of tiger. Cause the ones before they're, they're almost so overwhelming that you're like, you have trouble comprehending it. But this one, you're like, okay, I get that. And I think he's like outsmarting everything. This is what happened at the Masters last year, right? When, yeah. he, when he makes par on 12 and it's like everybody else is just playing their way out of it. And I think at majors, that's a Tiger that can contend. And I mean, to your point, Mark, he, he birdies two of the last three on the back nine on uh, Friday to make the cut. And he was, I mean, he 113 was like generous. It looked like it was like barely cracking three digits, right? And so... I'm really intrigued by that version of Tiger, and I hope that he he is he has enough humility to be like, I know I can't, because he struggled with that. I know I can't keep up with those guys. I'm not going to try to hurt myself swinging that hard. I'm gonna sl- I'm gonna speed it. I'm gonna slap it around, and I'm gonna score, and I'm gonna beat all you fools, like you said. Tiger Woods, when he came out, bludgeoned the field to death. He did. He he, he just took an axe to the field and just absolutely bashed them. I watched Tiger Woods on Thursday, a couple of holes. Joe LaCava, I actually walked past him and I said to him, that shot was cool, man. It was into 15, up the hill, into a little breeze. He had like 102 to the flag and he's clipped a pitching wedge in there. When he wants to, he can hit a pitching wedge 140. And he's just a little sauteed pitching wedge up the hill there to like a foot and a half. And I was like, Joe, was that gap wedge? And he pulls up the pitching wedge and I'm like, that's cool. And he said, yaha. That is cool. And so Tiger is doing the artist thing now, where previously he was the Bryson. And, and, and that's the iteration you talk about. And to me, Kyle, there, there are places that will embrace this sort of style of play. And they're the ones that mean a whole bunch to him. Because when you go to an open championship, you've got to be comfortable to hit a five iron from 150 sometimes. And you've got to be able to. Because, again, moving flights is a big deal. Now, old Tiger used to sort of lean on clubs to deal off these things to hit that stinger. Right now, he's just pulling extra clubs. He's making decent passes. And it is, it, for a golf nerd, it's a whole lot of fun to watch. So from 50, uh, this, will, this will be real quick, Rick. From 50 to 125 this week, 15 shots for Tiger. So from 50 yards to 125 yards, he's had 15 attempts. He's averaging 11 feet. Nobody else is better than 12 with that many attempts. Finau's at... at uh, 
nine and a half, but he's only had five attempts. So to that point, like Tiger can do whatever he wants with a wedge right now. And that's, that's fun to watch. Goodness gracious. I'm glad Shuttling confirmed. If Tiger shoots another 71 on Sunday, he might finish in the top 25 of this thing, which brings us to our golf prop. CBS Sports golf props game is back. There is a final round for Sunday. You can win $1,000 without putting any of your own cash at stake. Just go to cbssports.com slash golf props, create an account, answer some questions, and you are off to the races. So, gentlemen, the prop is... Where will Tiger Woods finish this golf tournament? What's his finishing position going to be? Now, he is currently sitting in a tie for 37th. So your options are 25th or better, a top 25, 26th to 40th, where he currently is, or 41st or worse. Mark, how do you think Sunday is going to go for Tiger? Wait, i got to see how many people are ahead of him just right now. This is how I'm going to go. Um, tomorrow will be another major championship type thing. And Jack and Tiger both know that in, in a major championship and conditions, you basically just have to do the fundamental things right. And guys are going to be coming back to you. And they're going to be guys from today that are frustrated as rip tomorrow. They're going to try and beat this golf course up and it's not the way to go about it. And they're going to just basically play their way into bad rounds. So Tiger is just going to hold steady if he's feeling okay. Now that's, that's the qualifier. If he's feeling okay, he goes and does what he does today. I think another 71 is good enough to get inside the top 25 because it is forecast to blow even harder tomorrow. I, yeah. I, I agree. Something around par one under would probably get him there. So I will also take 25th or better KP. Yeah. To me, I think you're just betting on how the body feels. Yep. I mean, I think if it feels good, he's top 25. If it doesn't, then he's outside the top 41. I think that's just, I, I just think that's how it's going to be. So I'll just, for the sake of fun, I'll bet that his body feels good. And I, yeah, I think again, you, I, have you guys seen the conditions for tomorrow? Yeah. Forecast is bad, isn't it? Windy, hot. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. So if Tiger shoots in your air conditioned shuttling ch- chamber, <laughs> well, I, I feel bad for you, but it's going to be great to watch. <laughs> uh, I'll say, I'll say top 25. Speaking of uh, bodies and questions, real quick on Brooks Kepka's knee still potentially being an issue. So, Mark, he kind of gave us some quotes about, you know, nothing is improved. It's still the same. We'll figure it out when we're done. His knee has, quote, has its moments. I mean, uh, I, that, that to me says it's always going to be like this. If you had all this time to kind of get it right, I think, I think we deal with knee issues for Brooks for a long time. Well, this is the, this is the first I hear of this. I've talked to him twice and I've referenced it at the players before we went to the break and at the, at colonial. And both times I asked him two questions. How's your knee? Great. How are you feeling? Awesome. How's the game? So happy with the way it's coming along unless he's faking me. Which could be right. So, so yeah, yes. What I do want to point out, though, and it's the walk. It's Muirfield Village and firm conditions. My knees are fine, I think, and my knees are sore right now after walking this place for how many days straight. So, so, so that for me is concerning because Augusta National is a hilly spot, and these sorts of sorts of places where Brooks defines himself, you know, like Wing Foot. That's no flat Florida golf course. So, so I, I don't know if there's really some underlying issues or it's just a bunch of fatigue on a weakened knee around a golf course that's a, a hard walk. It is, it is something to, to certainly keep an eye on, Kyle, because we've, I feel like 
I feel like, I don't know. It's been weird. Like we've had this conversation a couple of times and I don't, I don't know what to expect from Brooks anymore. I don't either. Uh, I'm glad I don't own any more stock. I sold it all back in what, March, February, something like that. It's a, it's a, uh, it might be a, a, a faulty product right now. It's not, it's not going well. Mm-hmm. And the th- I think the, the quote that concerns me, I read through his transcript today and it said, uh, I can't get on my left side sometimes, or he was referencing a whole, and he's like, I can't get out on my left side. And you're like, that, that seems problematic. Like that's, <laughs> that's like the whole swing. Right. And so, uh, I don't know. I mean, staying healthy is a skill, right? And I think that as we see guys swinging like Bryson, swinging like JT, uh, as just as hard as they can every single time, how many of them can stay healthy until they're 40? This is the beauty of Phil Mickelson. I mean, Phil's never been hurt, essentially. And I think, I think that uh, Spieth, too. Like, Spieth's swing, he's not going to get hurt. He's going to have lots of stuff going on up here, but physically – he's not going to hurt himself. And so I think that's something to keep in mind to take into consideration as we consider the next 10, 15 years with these guys. There was a report at one point that uh, LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on like rehab and hyperbolic chambers. Cause he's so very concerned about staying healthy. And I, guess I think that's uh I think that's hyperbaric, not hyperbolic. What'd I say? Hyperbolic? Hyperbaric. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Let's wrap this up with our picks for Sunday. John Rom is uh, the significant favorite. He's minus 450, gentlemen, meaning you have to lay $450 to win 100. Tony Finau at 8 to 1. Ryan Palmer, 14 to 1. Uh, my head says John Rom. My heart says John Rahm. I think he's gonna, <laughs> I think he's gonna win this tournament, Mark. Um, it, he looks so good. He just looks so good on Saturday. I, I don't know. I don't know how he loses. He does. Uh, of the folks that are contending, and with 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 love to Ryan Palmer, who's won four times in the tour. You know, he's he's won before, um, and he plays well in the wind. He's from West Texas, so he, Ryan Palmer does win. But putting in the wind is a different animal. Putting on fast greens is entirely different. Uh, I just think John Rahm's got the mental acumen about it right now. Um, so, so my head says Rahm. My heart says don't sleep on Fina. Uh, I, I really do, it really doesn't because he can essentially go and freewheel a little bit tomorrow where you could see today perhaps he wasn't playing as free. He certainly wasn't playing like he did Thursday, Friday. But I'm betting on Rahm, but I think Fina may try and make it interesting. KP, you're going to take John Rom because what could possibly go wrong with like a three or four shot lead? Like, uh, what could possibly happen here? For posterity, I picked Rom while he was trailing on on Saturday. Yeah, we did our we did our HQ picks and we got the text for uh, yeah while like I don't know but like at the twelfth hole or something like that. And I, I jumped all over it. it and took John Rom, and then he turns into four shot lead. I couldn't believe it. No, you are right. You yeah, are I'll take right. Rom. I, here's here's my thing. I think the back nine on Sunday is going to be awesome because 16, 17, 18, three hardest holes on Saturday, uh, 14 and 15, a ton of risk reward. I just, I, I can't wait. I, I hope it's tight with at least three, four guys uh, going into that stretch on Sunday because I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be awesome. Hey, uh, just one thing while we're talking about HQ. Earlier in the week, I took a prop bet. Rick, I was on there with you. Yeah. And I said the winning score was going to be 12 under. It's um, looking, pretty, looking pretty good. That's a good number. 
It's real live right now. Uh, tomorrow is going to be awesome. Sunday will be great. Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth paired up. That will be something. Ooh. They're going off at 125 p.m. Eastern time. So we know where Kyle will be if you need him. Enjoy the day, boys. That's Mark Immelman. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find KP at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.